G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, the consequences of losing religious freedom are becoming a little more clear as the debate continues and there are huge issues that are emerging. As the debate polarises Australians between those who see the value of maintaining freedoms And those that want to silence a public Christian voice, we might wonder how there could be such divergent opinions. Well, there is even suggestion that the Australian populace is ideologically fractured. Let's explore some of the differences. Author and academic Dr. John Potter is Executive Chairman and Director for International Projects for the Paraclete Institute. It's a educational institute, uh, typically for retired people. He's been reflecting on some of the tensions that have been emerging. Dr. John Potter, welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. John, when we talk about this idea of a ideological fracture, what do you mean when you talk about the way that people's uh, ways that they relate and communicate with one another may well have such thing as a fracture? Well, when I was a boy, Neil, uh, 85% of people were in church on Sunday morning. And I was born in South Australia, so I can only speak uh, specifically about South Australia, but I understand that across Australia, 85% of people were in church. So that indicated that a very large percentage of the population held to a Judeo-Christian concept of of culture, and uh, uh, the outworking of that was, of course, we had church on Sunday morning. But... um, since the 1960s, uh, there's been a, uh, a very deliberate uh, attack on that, that culture from the uh, secular humanists, actually driven by neo-Marxists. I think we should call them neo-Marxists to be accurate because that's what they are. Uh, that came through the feminist movement, the social revolution, uh, and so on. We know, all know the, the different attacks that have come upon the Judeo-Christian culture, and specifically in the last... 20 years, homosexuality and now transgender and all sorts of strange genders and all sorts of strange ideas which have been being forced upon us. Now, the the figures from the 2016 uh, census are very revealing. They showed us that in 2016, uh, secular humanists had come from 20% to 30% in five years. That means they were growing by by 10% per annum. And it showed that the church is going backwards five percent a year. Um, if we if we uh, add a couple of years to that, we can see that while we were fifty one percent in the census, we're probably well below fifty percent at the present time. So the question is, um, what is actually uh, the position here? Can we can we find a position where secular humanists and Christians can grow grow and work together? Well, there are certain things in Australia that um, society of citizenships. Citizens should be permitted to do one is to walk freely in public places. Uh, secondly, we should all be able to participate in the economy, and thirdly, we should have equal rights and responsibilities before the law. But beyond that, um, it seems to me that uh, we have to uh, uh, agree to differ 
on certain ideas and certain practices. I mean, Caledonians play in pipe bands and, and Aboriginals play didgeridoos. We don't all have to do those things. And when it comes to education of our children, then I think we have the each group has the right to train their their children in the way they should go according to their belief system. And no matter, I suspect, what the legislation may be that the government comes up with to try and resolve issues of religious freedom, there's going to be this fracture in the community. And when we talk about an ideological fracture, it seems to be you could represent that by saying that people are not listening to each other anymore. Uh, they're all in their little bubbles and uh, listening to their own side and uh, almost making an enemy of the other side. I think, well, I think that's, that's true for the secular humanists. They, they are very resistant to uh, an invasion of uh, any, any uh, alternative view. But uh, when we come to the Christian world, it seems to me that the secular humanists have been very, very clever and capable of penetrating the Christian world because, for instance, uh, there are very few, very small percentage of Christians believe in a biblical account of creation, and that comes out in their in their uh, children's beliefs when we get even when we get them into Christian schools. There is no no coherent uh, uh, idea in the Christian community that that there's one way in which we can understand creation, for instance. So there's a whole range of views about what Christianity is and what it isn't in in the denominational structure and so forth. Um, we we don't even have um, uh, agreement about uh, what the purpose of church is. Uh, some people in the old churches believe that all Christians are feeling very condemned and uh, by their their bad thoughts and their bad behaviour during the week. They need to be forgiven once a week. Um, other uh, evangelical Christians believe that uh, don't believe in the, uh, the Holy Spirit uh, has much to say, but and that, that everything must be obtained through biblical searching. Uh, Pentecostals, in my view, um, and I've worked with many of them, and they're all my dear friends, but they have a tendency when you go to church, they believe that everybody out in the congregation is hurting and needs prayer. Uh, I don't need any of those things. I want to go to church and and into the presence of God and and hear what God's saying for the week. But so uh, my point is that there has been a huge penetration of secular humanist thought into, into the Christian world. And so we are in disarray in the Christian world as far as unity is concerned about basic fundamental beliefs and practices. I might might say this, that uh, I I find the whole idea of religious freedom a very vague uh, idea. What what we are protecting is the Judeo-Christian culture. It's the way we live and want want to live and want to to, uh, outwork our life. That's the thing I think that we need to understand, we need to protect. Of course, that's being characterised in negative ways, isn't it? And that's one of the challenges because when people think of Judeo-Christian culture, uh, they're thinking of this whole uh, white, middle-aged, masculine, uh, imperialist uh, idea of, uh, of of bearing down on uh, on other minority groups, and uh, that's challenging for us uh, when we know that that's not the case. But that's the image that's being created. Yes, well, secular humanists are very very smart. They have um, they have it, uh, over time penetrated our uh, our media very strongly. The secular media is almost totally given over to secular humanist thought. Um, our uh, universities are almost completely taken over by secular humanists uh, in terms of um, uh, totalitarian, totalitarian government and social, the social practices. 
And uh, now, of course, those those principles are firmly established in our public schools. But the um, the, the reality is that the, the picture of Judeo-Christian um, culture that you've just explained is, is actually being forced upon us, not by, by the opposition, cleverly. And we need to come back and, and say, no, the Christian cult, the Judeo-Christian culture is there's nothing to compare with it when you consider the needs and and uh, of of a human being from birth right through to death. That the the Judeo-Christian culture is so far ahead of any other cu- culture in terms of caring for the caring for the individual and promoting their best best health and welfare. There's nothing to compare with it. And we need we need to be more explicit about what the Judeo-Christian culture and and not not be arguing. With, but but pro- proclaiming what we have and what we believe. I suspect, too, when we talk about a Judeo-Christian culture, there's fruit from that culture, which brings us these positive uh, issues of freedom, uh, this equality by way of recognising the essential equality, the gender equality, all of these things that people are looking for. These, uh, we would say, are fruit of what would come from a Judeo-Christian culture. Of course, the other side of that uh, wants to argue that those things are all uh, their own uh, argument, uh, whether it's uh, gender, they've taken that and made that something completely different, uh, whether it's sexuality, all of those things are a challenge. Uh, so there is a difficulty here. Sometimes we might think that uh, in some in some sense uh, we look at these things negatively, but are there positive aspects that we ought to be looking at? That there might be a division, there might be an ideological fracture, but is this actually creating an opportunity for Christians uh, in this environment? I think I think uh, my position is that we need to do two things we need first of all we need to hold the line and that's what we're not doing we've we've the line line used to be in the in the public arena before the same sex marriage bill was passed now that line's been pushed into the christian schools which we would argue is is our prerogative to control according to our, our ideology and our, our, our judeo christian culture and where we want to we want to bring up our children in the way that the lord would have them brought up not not uh, not to be subject to all lots of alternative views. You know, I've been a uh, practicing scientist for sixty years, and um, I find I find it uh, a little bit disturbing that when we talk about um, creation, we we are always put in a position we have to we have to try and try and say why evolution is no good. You'll never hear a secular humanist talk about creation. They never even talk about it. So I think first of all, I want to hold the line. And I want I want to say say to the other groups, look, you guys live according to your ideology, and we'll live according to ours. And within our group, I want us to proclaim what we believe, what we know to be true from from our experience of Judea and from Scripture, uh, in such a way that we, in a positive way, in other words, pre- preach the truth, and not to worry too much about the opposition trying to defend ourselves. We're not we're not in a position of defending ourselves. Greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world. We're, we're in a position of uh, authority if we only can pick it up and, and speak the word boldly in our, to our children and, to our, and, and to, within our cultural. Now, as far as, as far as what the secular humanists do, um, that's, I'll leave it up to them in the, for, the, for the initial stages, but um, what, what God the Holy Spirit is doing with them is another matter, and I've been... I've been overjoyed to be reading testimonies, strong testimonies of people having a dramatic counter with the Holy Spirit in recent times, particularly Jews, many Jews coming to the Lord. So 
That's why I like the the idea of the Judeo-Christian culture because it is time uh, for God's people, Jews and Christians, to come together as one new man. That's that's the exciting side of it. So I think we just need to hold our line and get on with our lives within our own culture. And there is a sense, isn't there, that while one side might even look better organised than the other, you might even say neo-Marxists look like at this time they're better organised than the Judeo-Christians. That sends a strong message to the way that we ought to be unified and together having one voice. Great getting your insights. John Potter, our guest, Dr. John Potter, Executive Chairman and Director for International Projects for the Paraclete Institute, a long-time scholar and has written many, many books. I'll point listeners to a website, johnpotterpublish.com. That's johnpotterpublish.com. And, uh, John, as I understand it, a number of articles that people will find on your website that refer to these issues we're talking about today with regard to the tensions between the neo-Marxists and the Judeo-Christians. Uh, John, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.